This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally, Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go business storytellers. Hey, how's everyone doing? Today we want to talk about Google Ads. And I ran across this latest book here, Google Ads Blueprints. Blueprint, Rockus Gold says, that's his first book in English. Super impressive. Uh, certainly, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a second language English speaker, grew up in Germany. Um, and now I speak English and write English books all the time, but certainly that is an accomplishment. But we're not here to talk about language. We're here to talk about Google Ads. What should we know about them? Why should we use them? And I personally have some interesting opinions um, or opinion or strong opinions, I guess, rather when it comes to Google Ads, because you know what? If I'm spending money on ads, I want to see results. I just ran um, a new campaign in WordPress. WordPress now has Belays, so you can directly promote your post while you're in the WordPress app which is now called the Jetpack app, and you can promote your content. And I spent $10 for one click. Not worth my time, in my opinion. But let's find out. What should you know about Google Ads? How do we use it in our marketing strategy and make it a success? Uh, Rokus, welcome to the show. Hey. Hey, really glad we connected. Uh, thanks for writing the book. Thanks for sending a review copy. Really appreciate it. Very interesting read. Um, very comprehensive. But tell me, what you know? What I just mentioned, the story about Google Ads, is that uncommon? Am I just a cheap old German? Or is that, um, do people look at it that way? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a good story. Um, I'm not sure whether you advertise on Google the, with the WordPress story, but uh, it does happen. I mean, clicks can vary from uh, several cents to you know several hundred dollars. I think lawyers and like law firms type of keywords are up to five hundred dollars uh, a click. Uh, that's because of competitiveness. In general, this is usually the the, the high cost per click is. Um, because of high competitiveness, but um, it is also sometimes because people, you know, don't know what they're doing. Um, it's quite easy to set up Google Ads account. I mean, they offer lots of guides and everything, but as with everything, you need to know what you're doing. Otherwise, you'll just end up spending, you know, ten dollars a click like you did. So yeah, it does happen. But if you know what you're doing, or at least read a few blogs, then it shouldn't be the case. Well, you do hold the record of the, first, the quickest guest telling me I don't know what I'm doing. And I, I don't necessarily disagree with you, honestly. That was not a Google ad campaign. It was, it's like a new thing within WordPress that you can use. But I, I, totally, uh, I totally can sympathize with your comment about you can just go in and set up a Google campaign, but if you don't know what you're doing. So it is super easy to set up, but how do we know what we're doing? I mean, do we need to hire somebody or do we just read your book? Or like, how do we learn other than just learning as you're going on how to run a good Google Google campaign, Google Ads campaign? Well, I I don't want to promote my own book. Uh, maybe I should, but um, the thing is that the Google Ads, at least the search part of it, is when you're uh, you know googling and there's an ad 
uh, on Google search. Um, the basics of it or the foundation of it didn't change from the day it was, uh, you know, it was born. Uh, there's a bunch of features, there's a bunch of stuff, you know, that the conversions and, you know, AI and stuff like that. But the, the core of how Google search works or Google ads haven't changed. Um, so I think it's at least 70, 80% of the, you know, the core stuff haven't changed since, I don't know, 2005 or whenever they were introduced. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a core thing you have to decide about keywords. And if you do, then, then yeah, you can read a blog. You can read my book, obviously. Uh, it's just, you know, more extensive, more examples, I would say. Um, there is, you know, one, one or two things to know about the structure and how you structure accounts. You know, for example, you can have one keyword or you can have a hundred keywords and that difference case by case. Um, and, and if you, if you want to spend some time and learn, sure, you can, you know, read the book, get some courses and read some blogs. But if you don't want to spend the time, it's better to hire someone. You know, I think that's one of the things that I always appreciate is there is experts in everything, right? I mean, I'm a, uh, I'm not going to call myself an expert, but maybe I will, right? Like I'm, I'm a content marketing person and I'm good at that, you know, and I'm not necessarily good at everything else under the sun, but I know how to do that. I know how to do a podcast and all those different things. Um, just a friendly reminder, everyone, we are live streaming to Amazon and right there on the top, that's if you're not watching on Amazon, you can just scan that link and go right to my Amazon store. Of course, everything you see around me, the backdrop, the microphone, everything, the lights, everything that's uh, lighting me up here is all available in my Amazon store. Of course, Rock's book as well, Google Ads Blueprint, an easy to follow guide for you to learn Google Ads. So, um, you know, the one thing I, always, I found interesting, and I'm a big fan of remarketing, of course, remarketing does, um, uh, there's a requirement, right, that I have to send people to my website. Otherwise, it's not going to work. If I don't have a good audience, or at least the right audience, uh, relatively big, it's not going to work. Um, so talk about the place of remarketing when it comes to content strategy, especially. Should that, I personally feel every content marketer needs to be running remarketing, right? Because if you do a good job SEO-wise, um, why wouldn't you want people to come back? And that's an easy way, easy way to do that. Tell me where I'm wrong or if that's the best thing you've ever heard since sliced bread, let me know. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, remarketing is, it's a display network type of campaign uh, where it's not search, uh, although you also can do search remarketing as well. But yeah, basically it's, it's, it's showing ads to the audience that have been to your website. Uh, and it works for you know, probably most of the businesses. Uh, there might be business that uh, won't see results in, in, you know, doing remarketing. But in my experience, I would say seven, maybe eight out of 10, you know, people, customers, companies do see success, you know, some kind. Um, yeah, you do have to have the audience. You, you, you can't do remarketing on, for example, a new website because there's not enough people on the websites and, and you can only use that. But uh, if you do have traffic, that's, uh, I think that's probably the second thing I recommend, um, you know, companies to try if they actually haven't tried it before. And, you know, we have YouTube as well. You can, as you said, as a content marketer, I think it's not only important to bring back the users that were, you know, coming before, but also engage them with a the different content. For example, you have, you know, you have Amazon, you have Apple, you know, podcasts, you have Spotify, you have YouTube. So if someone came into your blog post via, 
you know, SEO. And then, I don't know, maybe read, maybe not, maybe didn't have some time. It doesn't mean that he didn't like the content. It's just maybe it was, you know, a huge post or something. So it is recommended to engage maybe with the uh, videos. So you remarket that that person or that audience and you advertise um, your you know, YouTube channel, YouTube videos. I think that's a great way to engage an audience with different type of content. The other thing I like about YouTube ads, and I've tried some of those, they're relatively cheap um, and they're relatively easy, like everything. They're easy to set up. Um, but how do you how do you know what the right budget is? So what I'm saying, YouTube ads are pretty cheap. You know, like how do I determine what's the right budget? And even remarketing, if I have whatever, the, I don't know what the number is, but it used to be like a thousand or whatever it was, like you have to have a thousand users before you can run it. Might be less, might be more, I don't remember. Um, but it's a relatively small number, right? So if I run a remarketing campaign for that kind of audience, but they're a relevant audience, it's not going to be super expensive, but it could be, right? The more I grow. So what's a good budget what should we expect to spend i mean i've had i think it was noah hopkins um i don't i think that's her last name nava hopkins i think oh, i'm so bad with names sorry nava um she said you know you got to spend fifteen thousand dollars a month to be successful with google ads i thought that that's the number she mentioned do you agree with that or can you do can you do more with less uh no i don't agree uh strongly uh you can do you can achieve success with hundred dollars a month. That depends on your goal and your business. So for example, if you're, as I mentioned before, selling, you know, like lawyer services or you know, your attorney, obviously, you know, uh, getting a client that will probably pay ten thousands of dollars for a hundred, it's you know, it's probably too good to be true and it won't. You probably spend, you know, a couple of thousand dollars to acquire that client because you know there's a lot of lawyers. But if you're a small e-commerce, for example, in a really niche area. Uh, and there are specific keywords that people search you, and there's not a lot of them because you know the niche, you know, product or service. Uh, and especially if you target, you know, one city or even one zip code, it can be a hundred dollars. And the the easiest example uh, is you know a flower shop on the corner, right? Um, they necessarily have to have a website. I mean, they can advertise something else, but in general, they exist only in specific area. And they're interested in, you know, people around that area. So you can target in U.S. at least, uh, you know, zip codes, which means that you can limit your search from the whole United States to specific, you know, blocks or neighborhoods and attract people, you know, who are looking for flowers because, you know, they want to they wanna buy them close where they live. So it probably costs, you know, $100 a month, but you'll get, you know, several people visiting your flower shop. So 15,000 is something like, you know, it's probably into territories of e-commerce sites that you want to compete across the, you know, the entire United States or Europe um, or either something quite expensive. Um, but in general, uh, regarding the budget, I think it depends on your goal. So what I do is usually um, with something, a product or service where there's a price, for example, my book, right? Uh, uh, now it's, you know, $10 on Amazon, um, a discount from 30, right? So, so $10 is what I get. So obviously I don't want to spend more than that for each sale. So otherwise I, you know, I lose money on each sale. So I don't want to that. I don't want to do that. Um, so I can spend $10 on each sale. So if I do spend that, that's great. If I don't, if it goes over, let's say I spend a hundred dollars and there's no sales, there's, you know, a thousand clicks, which is, I guess a lot, but no one bought it. So if the targeting is correct, 
it means that it's just, you know, there's something else. Maybe my book, maybe my, my landing page, maybe my offering, maybe the pricing. But in general, I can't keep doing that campaign because it doesn't bring sales. There's a different story if you advertise content. For example, if you, you know, want to sort of cross-promote your audience, your, your, to your audience, your YouTube channel or YouTube videos from the blog visitors, then you just, there's no sort of value except people watching. Then you can have some engagement metrics. For example, people who watched, you know, uh, a minute of your video or two minutes of your video, that could be a goal for which you just with yourself, I guess, agree that you're willing to pay, you know, a dollar, which means that you're paying a dollar for engaged person who viewed a certain amount of your video. Otherwise you say, Hey, I want to cross promote my content. I can spend, you know, $300 a month doing that. And that's it. That, that's all I can spend, which is also fine. You know, I think the key takeaway there for me was it all depends on what your goal is, right? So if you're trying to sell a product, I mean, I'll give you an example. I did this on Amazon. You know, I ran uh, Amazon ads for my book, right? And um, they were super cheap, right? So I sell one book. I mean, that basically covered the cost for the whole month, right? Sometimes uh, two books or, you know, but it's not a whole, a very high barrier, quite frankly, for it to work. Now, if I'm spending $100 on Google Ads in a month, and um, so my question is going to be, at what point do I hire help? So I doubt that I can hire an agency if I'm going to spend $100 a month. But also, if I don't know how to do it necessarily, you know, how do I actually move forward? The other takeaway I really appreciated on that entire discussion there was that your audience might not be in the millions, right? So if you're a local flower store, you don't need people in wherever, like somewhere a thousand miles away to watch your TikTok video, right? Going viral on TikTok globally is kind of useless, quite frankly, if you're selling flowers to people within 10 miles. You want to go, you want to go viral locally, right? But not globally necessarily. Yeah. So the question um, was, go ahead. No, no, sorry. Yeah, just repeat the question. <laughs> the, the, so my, my, my actual question was, how do I decide when to hire help? Because if I'm going to have a really small audience and I'm going to spend $100 and I can make that $100 work, I'm probably not going to be able to find an agency, right? Because the agency is going to charge me an arm and a leg or is that just me being, again, the cheap old German? Yeah, this is, uh, this is a good question and actually kind of tough to answer and you'll know in a minute um for agency wise you can't well you can in a way um but most likely it will be a either a small agency or they will give your account to a a junior person who probably has 50 to 100 other accounts which means that his time spent on your account is probably an hour a month at most uh you'll probably pay you know a service fee or something like that it'll probably cost you let's say a hundred dollars into the budget and then there's another fifty dollars for like a service Probably, uh, that's not a good uh, thing because it's not it's not guaranteed that the, the person who handles your account does a good job because you know you're a low budget account agency prioritizes you know huge accounts. Um, so there's for me, I say either you do it yourself or you hire a freelancer. Now freelancer, it's the tough the toughest problem is that to find one that actually knows what he's doing because again it's a similar situation with the agency. I would probably try to figure out myself, but that will depend on how much time I have and whether I want to learn. If not, I'll probably 
try to not a find freelancer, but someone not online, you know, like, uh, let's say you're, in, you're based in the US and you find someone in Europe, I'll probably try to scout around and, and find out if someone from my circle does that or wants to learn. This will help me communicate more. And it will be not only a sort of business relationship, but a little bit personal, maybe someone recommended someone, uh, maybe that person wants to learn ads and sort of experiment a little bit. So your ad can be a, uh, like, um, step into the Google ads world and, and you can agree and you can chat, you know, each week. Uh, but I, I think for me, that's the two options I have um, from my experience. Yeah. Very interesting. Now, you know, the, the other thing that comes to my mind as I'm listening to you here is for what, and you already mentioned content campaigns a little bit, and then you have, you know, more bottom of the funnel else kind of campaigns, but for what part of the funnel, um, are Google ads the best or can you use them for all, all of the different stages? Great question. Uh, short answer for all. Um, the key differentiator, I would say, from the platforms like Facebook or TikTok or any other platform that adds is that uh, with Google search, at least, uh, everything is based on the search itself. Um, it's a it's a, con, it's a pro and a con at the same time. The pro is that someone tells you exactly what they want, right? If someone searches, you know, men's blue leather shoes, you know what they want. So if you have that, you just advertise, right? Uh, same with the content, same with everything else, right? If someone searches for it, most likely, um, you know, eliminating the, the, the research phase of it, like maybe someone just curious, but in general, they want something. Um, now, the con of it is that if, if the service or a product is new and no one knows about it, no one's searching for it, which means there's no traffic. So then you need to use Facebook or other platform. But in general, you can advertise any service product or content that people actually search. Now, for uh, even for a blog, um, there's, a, there's a type that um, is called dynamic search ads, which basically kind of makes your job a bit easier. And actually, now I'm, I'm thinking about it, if you like one advertised blog or content, I think that's probably the easiest campaign to do on yourself because it basically, you give Google the link, let's say your whole blog, and it kind of mm, takes the content, sort of reads it like similar to SEO, and then shows your ads on a long tail keywords. And it's, it's actually pretty good. You don't need to manage it because it kind of writes the ads itself based on the content. Uh, maybe you have to input one or two headlines, but it's pretty easy. And it sort of takes your content and constantly advertise for the people who search the phrases that are in that content. Well, I mean, I want to push back a little bit on the whole, it's pretty easy kind of comment here. Certainly it's <laughs> easier than it has ever been, right? With all this AI and all these different things happening and, and, and analyzing your, your copy. But I find writing headlines for, for ads of any kind, especially Google ads, harder than anything, right? Because you're typing and then it's like, oh, out of space. And you're like, I need like two more words, you know, like there's never enough room. How do you make sure, how, how do you learn that art? Yeah, you just touched upon, a, um, I don't know how you call it, like a, a pretty hard topic. Um, well, I use the structure. Um, it kind of helps me. Uh, it's just basically an Excel file with like a table where you have the keywords and you have the ads right next to it. It's in the book as well. It's pretty pretty easy thing to do. But um, I, I've kind of found, well, you know, teaching as well is that it's a bit easier for people to 
work in Excel because they're more familiar with the, the Excel itself than the platform. So it's kind of a uh, less pressure, I would say. But um, you basically try to write the headlines, the short ones, which is about 30 symbols, uh, looking at the keyword, which makes it a lot easier. So basically, sometimes it's just the keyword or the phrase itself. And then you go into like, um, I don't know, just other sort of marketing phrases that you that you um, input. Um, over time, it gets easier. Um, you know, after writing, after writing, you know, thousands of ads, you just kind of start thinking in a short phrases terms. It's similar to, you know, your uh, you know blogging as well, right? So the first blog took you, you know, a day. The you know the next ten took you half a day, and maybe now you, you write a blog in two hours. So it's kind of similar. But interesting enough, and this is quite a secret. I think publicly <laughs> you heard the first one and whoever listens to a lot, I'm kind of working on a tool that actually will help that. Don't want to say more, partly don't want to jinx it as well, but um, uh, work on a tool that actually will help write ads in all the languages based on the keywords. So it's not something you see on the AI-based copy things because first of all, they don't do ads. Uh, second of all, you have to copy paste. So what we'll do will probably just make sure Actually, I'm I'm sort of feeding all the ads that I've written throughout ten years into this algorithm, and then it will help you spit out correct uh, length, uh, highly click clickable ads within limits, and uh, in basically any language. So wait a little bit, and uh, it will get a lot easier. We'll keep an eye out for that product, and certainly, you know, I am a big fan of uh, using AI tools. I use CopyLime to uh you know write my headlines but i hardly ever use the exact headline right because but it gives me some great ideas it gives me different wording it gives me different things to think about so uh it certainly works from that perspective um talk about branded search a little bit i know we have that debate going on all the time how do you uh, do you need to run ads for your brand name and certainly i think it was um basecamp who ran an ad once and said, we have to run an ad because everybody else is bidding on our name or something like that. So do you have to do that? Or what's your opinion on branded search in Google ad campaigns? Good question. Uh, yeah, that's that's, that's two camps. Uh, should you or should you not? Um, yeah, I think you should. Uh, short answer. Um, the key reasons is that um, it's cheap. Um, the quality score, which Google measures how much you pay, uh, it's really good because it's your brand keyword. So you don't pay a lot um, unless there's like millions of searches. But in general, it's pretty cheap uh, to run. Uh, you can um, compare to SEO because that's one of the arguments people against bidding use. You know, well, we rank, we rank at the first position on the uh, you know, organic search. Why we should, we should you know, uh, bid on our brand terms because we rank there already. But first of all is that there are four positions above the search results, above the organic search results. So as you mentioned, the competitors can be bidding on that keyword and you have to do something about it. Now, the other thing is that what I like as a marketer is that in the um, organic search, you can control the link. The link that you click on your brand search term in organic search is probably the homepage. You also can control the message, right? It's basically the page title. Now in the ads, if you bid, you can control the message so you can say whatever you want and change whenever you want it. And at the same time, you control the landing page, meaning that sometimes you may want to direct people to a, an offer or new products or you know, a different page rather than the homepage and maybe sell something else. Because people who search your brand 
are people probably who are familiar with you, either visited your website or heard somewhere. So should you go, should they go to the homepage? Maybe, or maybe they can go to a different page, which you can control. So, so for me, that's the, the, the biggest reasons to bid on the brand. Very interesting. And certainly it is something we need to consider and make sense of for each brand to, you know, to think about whether or not we want to do that or not. And again, you got to consider the cost. Um, in the last minute here, sure. tell us, uh, how do people connect with you? Do you take clients? Who do you work with? Uh, anything else you want to share? And certainly I do appreciate you coming on the show. Good luck with the book. And uh, certainly I would recommend that Thanks. you can also check out my um, my Amazon video on the Amazon landing page for the book as well. So I really appreciate you making the time today. Sure. Thanks a lot for having me. Um, I do work with clients uh, less now because I was writing a book, but um, yeah, I was uh, sort of starting to think more and more, um, you know, develop my blog, uh, which I started in autumn and, you know, write more books like that and sort of share my knowledge, um, you know, with, English speaking people because I used to blog or blog now in, in, in Lithuania where, you know, local language, I have three or four books out in that language. And I thought to myself, it's a, it's a pretty good challenge to write a book in English and, uh, you know, share my knowledge with the broader audience. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the goal. And yeah, I guess clients, sure. If I find the business interesting and challenging, of course, um, you know, I can work with them because it's always uh, interesting to learn. And that's how I get my experience and the knowledge. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.